0: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked Out Pilots Podcast, which is part of the Locked Out Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, January 5th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L. The Twitter account for the show where there's all sorts of good memes and just good vibes about exclusively Padres content. You know what I'm saying, guys? As always, thank you for making Locked Up Padres your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Maybe today it wasn't your first listen. Because it's been a while, ladies and gentlemen. Happy 2022. It's been a while since I've done a podcast, uh, for sure, especially because the last few episodes I did, I recorded like a week before they came out. So I have not been on the mic in a little bit. It feels actually really fun. So I'm excited to do this. And today we are going to be talking about Jake Cronenworth. That's right. You might have heard of it before if you're a Padres fan. And I want to ask the question is he still underrated? Is Jake Cronenworth. Now, don't get me wrong, I know I'm doing the cliche that every podcast person, every journalist, every content creator does when they're covering a specific team where they say, this person's underrated, he's still it. Under- he was a snub, he was that, I know it's a cliche, but I actually do think that uh, there's a lot that I have to say about this, and we're going to be talking about some things that I actually wrote about him back in 2020, we're going to be talking about the future of him, how he came to go to the team, and all that stuff, it's just a an all-Jake Kernworth love pod, I think, pretty good way to start off 2022, if I do say so myself, guys, so let's get into it. Why don't we? Let's get into it. Let's start first, guys, with talking about Jake Cronenworth. For those who are unfamiliar, just kind of how he came to be uh, on the Padres roster. And that's what's so funny about this journey with Mr. Ray Cronenworth is that it starts with Jorge Mateo. Uh, spring training, you know, I still look back in a weird way back at that time, back when the world first ended beginning of 2020, what was it back in February, March, uh, or whatever, when everything gets shut down, baseball doesn't have anything going on for a while. And then finally you have the spring training stuff. And then what ends up happening is that Jorge Mateo tests positive for COVID-19. Remember this was at the very beginning of it. No vaccines, no, the protocols weren't out. It was just like, you're out. Like that's that, that was kind of the thing. Like you're out for a while. Um, And that's what ended up happening. That's what happened with Jorge Mateo, who, you know, a a decent player for what he's, you know, for what it's worth, but he never amounted to to be too much of a big thing. But he was probably going to be the guy that the Padres brought to be part of their opening day roster, if not for testing positive. And... That isn't a move that was like a dumb move, by the way. This isn't like a situation where they were gift. They were the Padres. Uh, Padres brass and management. They were relieved. It's like okay, universal forces that be or what have you. Not to make light of the situation. Uh, they they just said, you know, you guys are making a mistake. You got to bring Cronenworth. At the time, the Padres' biggest concern was outfield depth. Um, they had just brought in Tommy Fan via trade, and he was like, you know, at the time being viewed as a guy who would give on base power for the Padres and what have you. But then you had Trent Grisham, who you also just acquired in a trade, and then you had Myers. And then after that, it was kind of like, oh God, Drixon Profar? Like, is that it for our outfield death? Because they had just traded Manny Margo for um, Amelia Pagan. So they decide, you know, let's bring in Jorge Mateo, decent outfielder, lots of speed. Maybe he can get better with the bat. Makes a lot of sense. And instead, Jake Cronenworth ends up being the guy for the Padres. And in his first season, granted in the truncated 2020 season, everybody knows... He was phenomenal batting with a slash line of 285, 354, 477 with a grand spaking total of, if I could bring it up right now next to me, how many home runs did he have? And with a grand spaking total of four home runs. So not a lot of power from Jake Cronenworth, but the biggest thing about him, of course, was his versatility, was his defense, his big hits when they mattered too. I still remember like seeing Cronenworth. It was one of his first games. Uh, in 2020, and he had to play first base because if people forget. uh Eric <clears throat> almost messed up there, guys. It's the new year, sorry, I almost broke the podcast. But the usual guy who plays first base for the Padres was actually injured, and he actually had been playing well at the time. So everyone was like, "Oh, great!" So the one time this guy's going to play well for us, and he gets hurt. You know what I mean? So everybody was a little bit annoyed by that. So they have to move Jay Krennworth over to first base, and I remember hearing. Mr. Don Orsella, God, by Cronenworth! Like, at first base, I swear he must have had like 18 defensive runs saved in just like those first two games that he played first base. It was incredible. And it's it's funny because originally he was slated to be a shortstop, and then he ends up becoming the second baseman. Of course, but like that's what we were expecting. And Tatis was awesome that year at defense, so that was really cool. And then you had Cronenworth there, so you got like a little bit of a glimpse into Cronenworth's just unbelievable ability to play every position. He hasn't had to play third base a lot because, as I've mentioned on this podcast plenty of times, Manny Machado does not miss time. In fact, he's I think it's um he's the he's the third, the top five players. He's in the third. I think he's the third. And since 2018 or 2017 with total amount of games played. So he plays every game. So you never have really had to see Jake Cronenworth with third base. I think the only time he has was in a blowout game against the Arizona Diamondbacks a while back uh, when they just had to, they said, all right, let's just get him some reps over here. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on that though, or maybe it was Ty France. I don't know, but that's how it all starts. That's what's so funny is that that is how the whole thing starts uh, for the team. And then you compare to my other second baseman that year, he was one of the best. He really was. Um, And it's just... I don't know, man. I'm just getting happy talking about this guy. If you brought up his stack cast profile, everything in the red, he hit the ball hard. He did not whiff on pitches, and he did not strike out too much. He really didn't. This was a tough at-bat. Sure, there would be times when you'd be like, damn, like this guy isn't hitting for enough power. Only four home runs in those 60 games. Definitely not a lot of pop in his bat, but he was just hitting line drives. He was spraying the ball across multiple parts of the field, which was really, really important. And it made you wonder, like, how legit was this? And exactly how good was it? Like, it was, there's one thing for a guy to just come out of the blue it'd be good, but exactly how good was he? And if you look at, you know, what I wrote back uh, around this time, all right, I'm just going to pull up my article. I wrote for Fanside at Friars on Base, their Padres blog, which I no longer uh, write for because I write for Just Baseball. I wrote an article just kind of talking about, you know, is Jake Kernel worth the next Ben Zobrist? And it wasn't my best article of the world. I know some nerds would read that and be like, look, these, these, all the, you didn't bring up enough stats and all that stuff. And I brought up his slash lines and the fact that he's played multiple positions. And that's really what I was uh, kind of trying to um, key in on is the fact that he did not have a similar swing and all that. He did not have nearly as many on base, I think skills as Bren Zobrist did his first full season with the Rays, He had a 400 on base percentage, uh, although it did take him a, f- a few years before he ha- um, was full time for them. But, uh, it was just in the sense of those guys that you bring up. The Rays had Evan Longoria. We had Fernando Tatis Jr. and May Machado. They had some other players too, don't get me wrong. But for the Padres, it was like you you, you need that guy who's just the random prospect that just br- breaks out. He doesn't have to be a superstar. Although you can make some arguments that Jay Cronenworth has been like right under superstar level and just comes out of nowhere and is able to give you the bread and butter. And that's what Jay Cronenworth was. That's what he was. But the question is, as I raised at the beginning, is how underrated is he? Is he still underrated? And how does he stack up to other second basemen in the rest of baseball? Well, that's the question now, isn't it, guys? But before we answer that question, ladies and gentlemen, let me take you just uh, one second. Let me just take one second, okay, to talk about the best protein bars. And all the land guys it's the new year so that means new year's resolutions if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier i know mine sure is if you guys can tell if you're watching the youtube locked up potters on youtube you can see i'm a little bit of a chunky boy uh make sure you include built bar in your plan guys it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and maybe even better than a candy bar that's right guys and what i love about them the most great variety of flavors cherry barcia it was mama reyes's birthday yesterday i got her a pack of built bars (laughs) and i got her her favorite that's her favorite uh cherry barcia i love apple almond crisp and then you've got coconut you've got coconut almond chocolate german chocolate double chocolate uh cookies and cream a favorite of the locked on crew is uh coconut brownie chug that one's delicious. They're awesome, guys. And check out the kind of uh, breakdown of everything: 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compared that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and just a dozen net carbs. I mean, man, like it's 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 a big improvement. And then, so here's an idea, guys with built bar guys and because you're listening to this podcast if you go to built.com you can use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order remember that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com once again everybody thank you for making lockdown Podcast your hashtag first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms again maybe was it your first listen of the day i get it look i i've been stumbling a little bit ladies and gentlemen what do you want for me um Let's see. Let's see here. What what, what should I say? Let me just just throw out the stat. This tweet actually went semi-viral on Padres Twitter, and I posted it back on December 7th. And it is the second baseman F4 leaders uh, since the beginning of 2020. Uh, F-War, standing for Fangraphs War. Fangraphs uh, wins above replacement. It's important to say F-War because baseball reference does a different one, but Fangraphs is commonly, uh, I think, assumed to be one that's a little bit more accurate, at least by people that I trust with statistics and whatnot. Uh, First, Marcus Simeon, 7.8. Second, Brandon Lau of the Rays, another underrated player. And then number three, Jake Kernworth with a 5.9. F war since the beginning of 2020, then Jose Altuve at number four. That's right. Above Jose Altuve 5.3 and then DJ LeMay 4.9. Now don't get me wrong. It was a truncated 2020, but it is worth pointing out that basically since we've been watching baseball for a long time, since I've been doing this podcast, Jake Cronenworth has been a top five second baseman in baseball. And I stand by that. I do. Now, what does that necessarily mean that I want him? Over every second baseman. Not necessarily, I'm just saying what he's been like, okay? Because there's so many variables to this. For example, Ozzy Albies, second baseman over at the championship winning Atlanta Braves. Everybody go check out Lockdown Braves. Uh, Jake Mastriana does a great job covering the champs. Um, you might be saying he's better than Albies. Well, Right now, yeah, but it has, also has to be brought up that Jake Cronenworth is definitely a little bit older. It is possible that this is the best it's going to get, which is still really great, don't get me wrong, but Ozzy Albee is still younger, a better base runner than Jake Cronenworth, that much I know, and maybe has a little bit more power potential than Jake Cronenworth. He is still just 24 years old, and I think that the hype is still there. Don't get me wrong, though. He has been better, and that raises the question. And like I said at the, be- the top of the podcast, every podcaster, every content creator, Every journalist, every beat writer, everyone always loves talking about how their player is the best and this and that because that gets you the clicks. You know what I'm saying? I already know that like if I go out here and say something, you know, if I say Manny Machado is the goat of third baseman in the league and you're an idiot for thinking otherwise, that the Padres fans will love that. And you eat it up because people love to root for their team. But I really do believe that Jay Kernworth is still a little bit underrated, but there is reason for that. And I think the biggest reason is because he's playing next to, oftentimes directly next to, the most popular player in like baseball, with the exception of Shohei Otani and El Nino Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, so I think that that's the biggest reason. So I think that people should be forgiven a little bit for underrated Jay Kernworth, but... Jake Cronerman's so good and has been so effective, especially when he plays first base that we've seen before, that a lot of people want the Padres to dump our current first baseman. That way the infield can look at like some combination of Manny Machado, Ha Kim slash Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, uh, and then Hassan Kim slash Fernando Tatis Jr., I should say, maybe C.J. Abrams, depending on when he debuts, and then over at first base, Jake Cronenworth, because he has shown that he is an excellent defender who can play all around. I mean, the, the, the catches that he's made, the scoops at first base, the diving plays, he's made some incredible plays, and that's what I like about him, and I love his energy, too. That's another thing. You would think, okay, let me guess. This this dude from Michigan, this white dude from Michigan that nobody ever heard about, you know, had to get C- to see. All right, let me guess. Is he just kind of normal? And he, is he? Does he have like a? I, I, this is the first guy that came to mind. I don't know him personally, obviously, but like a Cooper Cup. Like he's just there. It's business. We're having fun, doing our thing, but we're not like you know being an electric personality per se. Shot Cooper Cup by the way. Won my fantasy championship. Suck it, my league. You trying to the feds trying to take me out. They try to take me out. They try to add more teams to the playoffs at the last second so they could eliminate me and take away my bye week. True story. Uh, but I still won. So, ha <laughs> um, But anyway, he's not like that, though. When you watch Jake with play, he's so exciting. I still remember uh, back before the Padres, you know, fell apart in 2021, the double play that was turned to end the game and end up sleep, uh, sweeping the Dodgers. Don't get me wrong. that Obviously, this ended up going horribly. But at the time, the Padres were one of the best teams. They played the Dodgers even if they had a couple... Um, injuries and they sweep them and cornwood's like yeah like he's just losing his mind you see him on the bench doing the if you guys are watching me on youtube doing the the chop or whatever the dance move is that's become a really funny gift now like he does have a lot of personality a lot of intensity when playing so it's just there's a lot of wonder like what the heck man why is it everybody like <laughs> losing their mind this guy was part of the whole the slam diego thing when they hit all those grand slams in a row and he's just cheering and going nuts it is it is a little weird when you, uh, when you think about it that way. And I think it's just because it's been a little bit of time, and I think, in fairness, people are wondering, how legit is it? I mean, I just read you those war numbers, and in this year, Cronenworth did fall off a little bit at one point, I should say, but by fall off, I mean like... Like, I mean fall off in the most tame uh, of descriptions, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just didn't have, like, a monster kind of second half, J. Cronenworth. I'm just gonna pull up the stats really quickly. Um, This past season... Uh, When you look at kind of July, 247, 320, uh, 452, that's not terrible, but it's not great. And then same thing for the next month, 247, 342, and then September, 234, 306, and then October, 250, 231 in terms of batting average um, and on-base percentage. Although the October thing, take out the October stats, it was only three games, but like, you kind of get where I'm going with, While well, the beginning of the season, this guy was an absolute monster, but it happens sometimes. But overall, though, what I liked is he showed a lot more power. This year he had 21 home runs to make up for that. It's like, all right, so maybe he isn't like Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier, who just has no types of power and just got traded back to Seattle, You know That guy doesn't have any power upside, and I thought that that's what might happen with Cronenworth this year. I was wrong about that. Jay Cronenworth has a lot more power in his bat than we give him credit for. He's able to hit line drives, obviously, um, and he's able to hit those singles that you need and get a decent on base. He does not whiff at pitches at all. He's among the top in baseball in that sort of area, and also, he hits for a decent amount of power. I mean, this is a guy who hit for a cycle this year. So Jay Cronenworth really just is. uh, I mean, he's... Can I call him the Warlock now? I don't know. I haven't come up with a new nickname ever since Tommy Fab kind of ruined, uh started off this podcast when I called him a Warlock. Ever since he kind of didn't live up to that, I've been wondering whether or not I could trade that to somebody else. Um, I'm not really entirely sure. I'm not entirely sure. Um, But, yeah, like, I wrote about it in my article at Fansided. I basically said, you know, The greatest point here to make isn't about their statistics, but their stories. Like Kernworth, Zobris' rise to prominence was hardly something that could have been predicted. Both were average, middling prospects even by their mid-20s, and for teams that had more recognizable superstars already on tap, but they're necessary utility men that every team with championship aspirations gleefully appreciates when they, albeit rarely, come along. That's kind of how I feel about him. That's kind of how I feel about him, and I think that a lot of people feel the same way. It was such a magical 2020 season, and he's here to stay. But now I want to end the podcast by really diving one more time, perhaps slandering a little bit, offering a little, just a tiny bit of slander, just a tiny bit of slander in terms of people who disrespect Jay with which there aren't many, but people who don't realize just, you know, how good he is. You know what I'm saying? So before we get into that, though, guys, let me talk to you for just a quick second about bet on line guys bet online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond bet online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code locked on to get started that's right 50 percent guys Kicks ass. I know it's pretty awesome. Uh, but from whether it's baseball, whether it's football, you got the playoffs coming up, basketball, hockey, UFC, whatever they've got you available. Uh, they've got all these amazing offers available for you for 2022 fast and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports bet online where the game starts. Woo. All right, guys. All right. It's been, I don't know. I've had fun talking about Jake Cronenworth and there's, it's hard to talk and give his whole story in just one podcast, but I really feel like, and again, um, you guys can check out my article over at FanSide. I think I'm going link to it, link it in the description below. It was written uh, in 2020, and it was written very hastily, I might add. Uh, So don't get me wrong, he isn't necessarily Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist was good for years, so we don't know exactly how Jay Carruth is going to be. But let's talk in terms of the right now. And I think that what needs to be brought up in terms of the greatest case for why he's still underrated is the all-star voting. And the All Star voting this year, um, if people forgot, you are forgiven because it was absolute. Just it was it was malpractice. It was malpractice. And let me be clear. I said this at the very beginning. Everyone loves to say how, oh my player was snubbed that I cover. You know, uh, you know everybody likes to say, oh Ketel Marte is the best outfielder out there, most underrated outfielder. Not to take shots at my boy, uh, Billy Thomas, but like. Everybody loves to do that. They love to talk about how their players got snubbed. It's just, it's easy engagement and what have you. Not to sound like a jerk or anything, but that's how it works. Um, but I really did feel like this year was one of those, where I was like, wait a minute. Wh- what? And here's why I say that. In terms of the National League, the original, and don't get me wrong, Jake Cronenworth did end up making the All-Star team when he got voted in afterwards, but the original voting was Ozzy Albies, Adam Frazier, and Gavin Lux. And that's just ridiculous. Now, here's the thing. I'm not one of those punks. I told, I said this this year. I was like, look, Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado, no problem if you vote those guys. Do I think Manny Machado was a little bit better than Nolan Arenado at points this year? Yes. Do I think he was better than Chris Bryant? Uh, it depends. I think he was better as a defensive player, but Bryant did have a utility, and it was also just fun seeing Chris Bryant be back uh, and that surge of that Cubs team in the first half. So I understood that. You know what I'm saying? I understand people being like, okay, I'll take those others, but... For Adam Frazier and Gavin Lux, I actually somewhat understood Ozzie Albies. He was doing well. He was hitting for good power at the time. The Braves barely had anybody still alive, so I know the Braves fans were just like, this is our one dude. We got to have him in there. He's a super fun player. I kind of get that too. But then Adam Frazier, who had never hit for power in his life and had never really done anything, he, you, know, you look back and you say, wow, this doesn't age well whatsoever, and it definitely doesn't. But I will say, at the time, he was leading the National League in hits, and also let's give Pittsburgh something, you know what I'm saying, like, I get it, they barely have anything to be happy about at the time, and it's like, I know they end up having Brian Reynolds, have a great season, but I get them being like, we're just gonna vote our guy in, like, I don't care, so that one, a little bit less forgivable than Ozzie Albies, but still, like, I at least kind of get it, because bottom line is, he led the National League in hits, the one that didn't make sense was Gavin Lux, are you guys kidding me right now, Gavin Lux, these are, this is why we hate the Dodgers fans, before anybody says, like, oh well we'll vote for your player it's like bro you got like more fans like I get it like cool but like I thought this was about choosing the best players you know what I mean do we really want what happened that one year where the entire Kansas City Royals roster was on there with the exception of Mike Trout Hmm. actually don't answer that because that was actually hilarious at the time (laughs) because look look if baseball wants to be ridiculous and sometimes just make it more ridiculous as makes it more interesting and whatnot I guess but even still that was a little bit out of control um and people voted Gavin Lux, who wasn't even slightly deserving. This guy wasn't better than DJ LeMahieu, and DJ LeMahieu had a down year last year. I know DJ LeMahieu's in the American League, but that's just like kind of a microcosm of how people don't realize really what Jake Cromer doing. Is it because they don't believe it? I don't know. But the biggest thing for me is uh, the guy's a beast, and you might be wondering, was it the defense? No, it wasn't the defense. In terms of uh, defensive second baseman, he's, out, he's up there. In terms of outs above average, he's up there in defensive runs saved. And on top of that which I mentioned when I was talking about Gold Gloves back a few months ago, where I said, look, another thing about him is plays multiple positions. And I think that that should count for something. Even if you don't play an incredible first base as much as you're incredible at second or whatever, I do think it counts for something to be like, well, the guy does both. And I think that that means something because it means that your team knows that they don't have to go fishing out for another uh, first baseman. It gives your team more depth. You're helping the team in more areas. Even if you're not as in a vacuum a standout at one position i do think that that should be taken into account when talking about gold glove stuff i think it ended up going to um what's his face um what's that guy's name over at the cardinals tommy Edmond. i think it ends up going to tommy Edmond, who has like 87 defensive runs saved in two months or something like that like something crazy like he, he's great the cardinals had five gold glovers or five or six gold glovers so i get it but in terms of that, um, he was better than Ozzy Albies, though. He was outs above average was higher, outs above average was higher than basically every second baseman, especially at the time when the voting was happening. So, like, what was the issue here? What was the issue here? It was popularity, I had to get it. So, with that, I really do think Jay Cronerworth is underrated. And as I alluded to in the fan-sided piece, just a tiny bit is that, and I, I alluded to this before also in my tweet, where I said especially taking into account um, his contract simply cannot understate how huge of a fine Cronenworth has been for the Padres. That's a big thing, especially with this team that currently has a payroll of something like $214 million, and they don't really have the ability, uh, in theory, to go out and sign a big superstar caliber player. Like, If they didn't have Jake Cronenworth and they had a problem at second base, because of Hassan Kim not panning out, Jerkson Profar not panning out, then you might be in a situation where you're like, oh no, they can't just go get Marcus Simeon. You know what I'm saying? They can't just go do that. They can't get uh, uh, anybody. They can't get anybody to move him over to second baseman. That that would be a little bit more of an issue, but because of the contract, because of the fact that, I'm going to look this up, I forgot to look this up before, but because of that, he becomes immeasurably more valuable um, in, in, in a plethora of ways, because Now, the Padres don't have to worry about that contract. And for amount of years do they have to worry? I forgot to look this up. Let's see here. Hold on. I typed in Jake Cronenworth Cronenworth. Can you believe that? I am a mess, ladies and gentlemen. Um, So let me see here. Spot track um let's see here i just want to make sure Yeah. so in 2022 he's gonna be making uh as of right now luxury tax higher just says 575 so we're still in arbitration remember we're in the mlb lockout right now but he has arbitration period one for 2023 2024 2025 and becomes a unrestricted free agent in 2026 think about how valuable that is think about that they i mean you have your second baseman, and he can play other positions and he's already good. He's Ben Zobrist, ladies and gentlemen, in a lot of ways. Maybe not necessarily as good, like I said. And maybe a little bit more power, though, than Ben Zobrist, I think, had. But in terms of the on-base stuff, no. But even still, that utility man, you need it. And this is why I think Padre's Twitter, um, which, granted, isn't always the best reflection of what's actually going on with the team. It's just people maybe sometimes getting bored, which aren't we all. Um, they There was a moment when everyone was talking about trading Jake Cronenworth, which I thought was kind of asinine uh in in a lot of ways now i think in a in some scenarios it would make sense right in some scenarios trading jake cronworth makes sense and those scenarios involve your team being very very bad and you having to rebuild i.e if jake cronworth was on the pirates right now there you might be able to get like a boatload of prospects maybe because of that arbitration of the fact that he is on the books or i should say on, and because you don't have to give him some massive contract. If he was on the open market right now, he's probably getting like what Chris Taylor got, if not more or wait, no, wait, I'm sorry. Not what Chris Taylor got. Cause Chris Taylor, I don't think he officially signed. He's expected to return to the Dodgers, but I imagine that deal is going to be around the 60, 70 million range. Jake Cronenworth might get even more than that. You know what I'm saying? Cause he's just that good. Um, especially as an offensive player. Although Chris Taylor is very, very good too. make, make no mistake about that. I don't want to uh, slander the man, even if he is a Dodger. Um, and I saw people talking about this, and I was like, "What are you guys talking about, man?" I actually think, and you know what? I'm in the mood to get canceled at the beginning of 2022. I'm ready. You ready for this? Let's do it. Let's do it. I think in a vacuum, it would actually literally make more sense to trade Manny Machado than Jake Cronenworth. I do. I do it, but it, it, it doesn't make sense to trade both of them. But let me be very clear about that because the Padres are still competitive. They still have a lot of talent on that team. It doesn't make sense to give up me. Machado might be a future hall of famer and he's still not too, too old yet. Um, The only reason is because of the contract. The fact that Manny Machado is owed all that much more money, you would free up a whole lot of salary space, and maybe you can go out and sign somebody else for a lesser contract and then improve areas outside of the rest of the team, the team that ended up collapsing the second half of 2021, obviously, as everybody knows. So I actually think in some ways it would make more sense because I think you could get a huge return for him. The Yankees have been begging for third base help for a while now. Do you send him there? Do you get yourself a Anthony Volpe and then some pitching depth and maybe some bullpen depth or something like that? Help retool your farm system, give you more assets to then improve the team in other areas? You know, you, Darvish, you want to worry about the starting pitching. Mike Clevenger, you still got... um, Mike is only on the books for one more year, and then he becomes a free agent. You know, Joe Musgrove, same thing. Maybe you want to resign those guys, whatever, whatever. You want to have more options. I actually think that would make more sense. Because Cronenworth, you don't have to worry about the contract right now. You wouldn't be saving really all that much if you were, were to dump Cronenworth. So that made literally no sense. And everybody needs to stop it. I know you're bored, but that's crazy to me. It's absolutely crazy. And um, hopefully this podcast was just a small little example of that. And I'm going to be talking about Jake Carterworth for a while this offseason, I imagine. I'm probably going to... Honestly, I feel like I should reread... Uh, I should do an entire podcast dedicated to that article I wrote for Fanside. I thought it was actually pretty good. So I'm going to put that in the description, guys, like I said. Um, but that's right, basically it, man. That's basically it. Great player. Still underrated, I believe, in Jake Cronenworth. I do believe that. I do. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, ladies and gentlemen. He is still underrated. And when you look at some of the uh the other second basemen in the league, you know, you, like I said, you have Brandon Lau above him, you have Marcus Simeon above him, those guys, great players, you know, they're a little bit uh what's the word? Um, there's some other players out there like LeMahieu, who are showing you that this second baseman second base position can be a little volatile. I mean DJ LeMahieu all of a sudden is looking like, oh God, like that that might be an albatross contract. He was barely hitting the ball well. He might have been a benefiter of the the juiced ball. You know what I'm saying? When he had the, the 26 home runs his first year with the Yankees and then was incredible for them the year after, maybe he was benefiting from that, and now the Yankees are stuck, right? Jose is not getting any younger, so that's all I'm saying is Jake Cronenworth still underrated, I think, especially when you compare him to the rest of the second baseman in the league since the beginning of 2020. Not that I would take him over everybody, but put some respect on my man's name. Put some respect. I've had enough of this. It's 2022, for Christ's sake. Jake Cronenworth's amazing. Uh, but that all being said, guys, uh, before we close out this podcast, I just want to say one more time, thank you for making Locked on Potters your hashtag first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, guys, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms and yes and before we before we close it out I just want to say really quickly just to preview we got a lot of good ideas in 2022, guys, and we got a little good ideas on the um the near horizon. Going to be talking with Gabrielle Starr, who used to host Lockdown Red Sox, about our favorite baseball written pieces. That should be a fun general baseball talk. We're going to talk about ourselves too. Don't get me wrong. Going to be having uh Miller Thomas over of Lockdown Diamondbacks on the show to talk about trading superstars, which does relate to the Padres. We're going to be talking about that Machado thing that I alluded to earlier. Um, going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking to Ryan Finkelstein of Lockdown Mets about Michael Conforta and whether or not he could be a fit for the. Padres, and what else do I got on this whole sheet over here? There's got to be all sorts of stuff. We're going to be doing, uh, is that basically it? Let me see here. We're going to be talking more about Manny Machado. We're going to be talking about maybe some baseball movies, fictional baseball players, all that stuff. Uh, it's, It's good times. Oh, and also, I'm writing over at Just Baseball. Forgot to mention this. Over at Just Baseball, going to be writing about the top 10 plays of the 2021 Padres season, and then talking about the article on the podcast. So look forward to that, guys. That's right. Let's party ladies and gentlemen I hope you all had a great holiday season and with that all being said that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever 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 Wherever. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, Locked on Padres on YouTube and at LO underscore Padres for the Twitter account for the show. And Until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.